hunting, fishing, and all things outdoors. It's not just a hobby, it's a lifestyle. Welcome to the Green Top Outdoors podcast with your host, Hunter Brooks. All right, welcome to another episode of the Green Top Outdoors podcast. Today, uh, Travis Barrett and Michael Botello are joining me to talk about a a little uh, a little fella, a little a little gauge, right? A little fella. Yeah, the old twenty eight. Not the gauge. littlest, but not the smallest. A little one in comparison to its more popular brothers of twelve and twenty. Yeah, we thought it'd be a good idea to discuss uh, just the twenty eight gauge in general. Because it's it's kind of like it's it's one it's one of those gauges that's been kind of forgotten over the years, but it's it's kind of flown under the radar as just one of your better. Yeah, but it's kind of making the comeback. Yeah, I would say yeah, you're right. For years, it was popular in American skeet, and a lot of guys that knew what it was <clears throat> used it for small game or upland hunting. But it's a pretty potent. Yeah, gauge when you. When you come down to it, I mean, for its size, it's much better than a 410. Yeah, absolutely. Before we get into the specifics on 28 gauge, how's everybody doing? Michael, how you doing, man? You know, I'm doing well. When I sat down uh, today, I was looking at Travis's watch. Did you see that watch? Yeah. That's a nice looking watch. It is a nice watch. And I like the shirt that you have on today. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Is it? Is that corduroy? That is man. It feels nice. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So a, that's uh, made my day already. That's that's there a mar- that's a marshware shirt, man. In fact, I think I think you're. Where did think, you get that shirt? I got it at Green Top Sporting <laughs> <Nice>. Goods. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it is sharp. It is sharp. I make. It it, I, actually, I think I make this shirt look good. I don't know about you. But. Well, wait till you see the one that I got because that's the same color at home. Oh yeah. I expect to see it on Wednesday. Call me when you're wearing yours. <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> so, uh, Travis, how you doing? I'm doing well. Yeah. So uh, you guys have been. Uh, I guess before we get into this too, you know, sporting clay season is is well on its way. Mm-hmm. It's we are in in it right now, right? Yep. Um, you guys been shooting much? I uh, shot this past weekend um, in Virginia uh, something called the Homestead Cup, which was a popular shoot a long, long time ago, and they're trying to breathe some life back into it. Yeah. First time ever shooting there. Enjoyed it. Uh, treated like a king um you pay for that service but i the older i get i was talking to travis earlier today i want to be taken care of the older i get that's right i i understand i will pay for peace and quiet and a good a better cup of coffee than i can get you know anywhere else so it was a good time what about you travis you've been shooting much Uh, a little bit been shooting a little bit locally i'm gonna hit the road next month go to the north carolina state shoot in the middle of may then we have the virginia state shoot second week in june that's being hosted by Arrowhead Gun Club first time, so looking forward to that. Then I got the South Carolina State. I'm gonna shoot in September. Okay, nice. Is uh, is the shotgun swinging good? Kind of like the, like I guess you know when you ask a golfer how's the how's the club is swinging? the shotgun <laughs> swinging good? Yeah, I gotta say yes. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like golf, you know. Yeah. Some days you hit the woods better than the irons. Some yeah. days you hit the crossers better than the loopers. And I always tell people if my eyes and hands are not fighting with each other, it's a good day. Simple, when they don't tune. get along, yeah, and it's a long day, <laughs> right? So. Yeah, it's frust- it gets frustrating. Absolutely. Yeah, yep. but you know, I I enjoy it. It's it's a good time. It's a good way to shut down your injuries and in, in, uh, engines and recharge your batteries and just enjoy good friends. Yeah, like Travis when I see him out there. That's yep. right. Well, let's get into 28 gauge. All right. Okay. Um, historically, 
it's uh it was it was I guess rumored that um, Parker Brothers invented the 28 gauge, but that is actually false from what I've understood. Is that correct, Travis? Yeah, from what I've researched, it's about the 1880s. It was found in some British literature, but the first to come to America, Parker started making them in the early 20th century. Okay, so side first side. American gunmaker was was definitely Parker, but it, yeah. the, the I guess the uh, genesis or origination of the 28 gauges in Europe or uh, England, yeah. to be more precise. Okay. Yeah, there was a wise man that said that um, you know if it was on the internet, which we look, we all looked that up, it was true. And that man was Abraham Lincoln. So I think <laughs> that, that, that that's correct yeah. information we're giving people today. <laughs> um, so in general, it fits right between 410 and. 20 gauge yeah and then to me though it's very close to a 20 with less recoil yeah so your 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 shot your your typical load for a 28 gauge target like i said target load is a three-quarter ounce load is that correct correct mm-hmm. and now whether now if you go to like a, a heavy field field load or a high brass load do you how high do you go do you, you go up to one ounce one or, ounce so yeah. one ounce is about your max load on a 28 gauge mm-hmm. yes okay um yeah, some of your lead load, heavy lead loads are seven eighths in an ounce. Uh, average velocity on your three quarter ounce stuff is twelve thirteen hundred feet per second. Okay, you know, and and I looked, they they talk a lot about um, a square load, mm-hmm. and they talk like it's the twenty eight gauge is the uh, the more perfect square load. Because it's 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 same size and width and height is it's same optimal size and width and height is that correct is that right. what a square load is yeah I, I would call it efficient I don't know that I would use square but I understand the term yeah it, it's it, it is efficient for the size case that it comes in the energy the killing power and the pattern that it gives right anything below or above that is either arguably overkill. In some, in a mm-hmm. lot of situations, or just a touch light, where the lighter you get, the less room for error, and the heavier you get, you have more room for error, but that comes at a cost, right. which is recoil. Which is yeah, recoil. Or it doesn't yeah. pattern as well. Correct. You know, for those of you that wonder what a square load is, <clears throat> basically it's the payload height in the hull equals the bore diameter. Yeah. Okay. That's Which, how they come up with square. But, but they, and they also say that there's there's really not a true square load for any gauge. I mean, it's kind of a myth that the 28 gauge is is the perfect square right. load. They also say a 16 gauge is as well. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's a lot of European terminology yeah. to that, but it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think from what I've always heard, everyone's always said it's the best kept secret because it patterns the best, it recalls the less, and it's how how would I put it? It's it, it's just better than it's it's actually better than it's supposed to be, if that makes sense. Like it shouldn't it shouldn't be as good as it is. I guess it just it just worked out to be that way. But I, I don't really think that makes much sense to me. But well, I think it's more of a um, a cultural thing that especially in America, everything that's bigger is better. We have Cadillacs over here. You don't see those overseas. You don't see those in England. You don't see those giant things. Bigger is better. At one time, a 10-gauge was being touted as you have to kill a turkey with a 10-gauge yeah. or you're going to lose a bird. And now, at Greentop, we sell TSS shot and 410 loads because the technology has caught up with 
you know what we're producing and we're able to do better with it and the 28 just kind of slipped through people who know no yeah people who don't know are like i'm not sure i haven't heard about that but they've heard of a 410 and they've heard of a 12 and then everything else is kind of in the middle yeah i think if because of the region we live with the deer hunting and the buckshot aspect if they made 28 gauge buckshot 30 years ago Hmm. it'd be a whole lot more popular than it is now sure because Mm -hmm. you know a 28 gauge you'll sit back and prime example we had a 28 gauge shoot up at bull run yep mike ran it it's called the 28 gauge nationals the course was set harder than the 12 gauge course and i mean you could break targets 40 45 yards with authority so if you do what you're supposed to do correctly the gun's plenty sure mm-hmm. you're not as undergunned as you think most people when they pick up a sub gauge they feel like they're handicapped already yeah just go out there and shoot it like you would your normal gun so i'm glad you brought that up because i look i was doing some reading on some actual tests that they ran with a 28 gauge compared to other ones and let's one of the tests they did is um they measured you know your shot uh, shot efficiency mm-hmm. at 40 yards but I think they were measuring it on a moving target at 40 yards. Mm-hmm. And and the 28-gauge did not do as well as the 16 and the 20 at 40 yards. Now, if you dropped it back to 30 yards, totally different story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they say the effective range is 30 to 35. Not right. that you can't hit something further or kill something further. Exactly. So, I mean, depending on what distance you're testing at, and I guess 40 is your optimal shot for shotgun that's where that's i guess that's the range where most people test everything but for a sub gauge it's a little bit more difficult because they're kind of handicapped at that at that range where at 30 when we're getting into like say skeet shooting on a skeet field or something like that Mm -hmm. um well i mean most of your shots on a skeet Skeet field are less than that it's 21 or less Mm with most people yeah so a lot of people argue that on a skeet field the 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 28 is just it's it's nasty because of the the shot um I guess the shot thread that it throws. Well, efficiency. The, the efficiency, uh, yes. yes. Well, the efficiency. Mike will tell you, back when we were shooting a lot of skeet, before we got into sporting clays, everybody's favorite gun to shoot was the 28. Mm-hmm. Plus, you could load it cheaper. You could shoot mm-hmm. it all day. You weren't bruised and beat up from recoil. Mm-hmm. And most people's scores were as good or better in 28 as they were the 20 gauge because I think of the less recoil and the confidence they had in it. That's what I was going to ask because y'all y'all used to shoot a lot of skeet. How how did the scores compare when guys shot twenty eight comparing to to other? I mean, I know it's skeet. The game in skeet is to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, of course, scores would be high. But I mean, twenty eight. And we, I mean, the smaller you get in the gauges, it's got to be get it's got to get tougher. But it, with twenty eight, was it? Well, we have seven different classes. If you looked at the top four classes, because the other classes they're working their way up, they're still learning. Those guys shot 28 just as well as they did their 20. Okay. Some even maybe a little better. Sure. And a lot of guys shot 20-gauge and 12-gauge event because of the recoil factor. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, another part of it is, and we get this a lot, there, there is a place in your life for every gauge that's made. If you're starting out, you can get a single shot 410. You can teach gun safety. You can do those things. But sometimes if you get, um, let's just say, you know, a guy brings his wife in and she's never shot before. And his theory would be, I want to get her a 410. I try to steer them towards a 28 gauge. And the reason is, is that if you are a new shooter and a 410 has such a less payload to it, 
shooting's about confidence. Yeah. And if I can get him a 28 gauge, which I know and Travis knows can break birds at 40 times the distance that a new shooter would be shooting, it's the gun to have the gauge to have because the recoil's down. They they're confident because they're hitting what they're looking at. And it just builds on that. And they may stay with that 28-gauge the rest of their shooting days, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah, I used to tell customers that, too. They come in looking for something for their child. Mm-hmm. And a 410's great if you go shoot a stationary target like a— If you're a squirrel hunter. A soda can yeah. right, or a squirrel hunter or a paper target paper. or whatever. Like mm-hmm. you say, to teach the basics or the early mm-hmm. introduction. Mm-hmm. But most adults can't have a real successful hunting day with a 410. It's That's why they call it the expert's right. gauge. But right. It, it, you got to be a very skilled wing shooter to be successful with a 410 on a regular basis. Sure. Yeah. And I tell you, the, the thing here is when we carry, when, when we have them in stock, when we do carry them, um, is we have some Caesar Garinis that'll be 28 gauge, you know? Mm-hmm. And when women shooters pick those up, the upper body strength is the difference. Women smart and smarter than men in a lot of situations the uh the the eyesight the iq all that stuff it's the upper body strength that splits the classes and when they pick up a 28 gauge barreled caesar garini that's fit to them i mean it it doesn't matter how much it costs i want that gun because they know and it's just it's such a fluid easy gun for them to shoot Mm -hmm. you know and it's and it's good for us too and like like travis said i think a lot of guys shoot and girls shoot better a 28 gauge because there's less barrel movement between shots where you really have to control that barrel and you don't think about it when you shoot a lot but it is there there's there's a reason why there's porting there's a reason why there's heavier chokes but that 28 gauge just the gun just stabilizes itself so well to yeah. go from target to target because it's not jumping or moving so and, and it's not it's it's not that like a twenty eight gauge just patterns better than any other gauge. It's just because that's all that's all regulated by chokes. I mean, we can all agree there, right? Absolutely, for the most part, yeah. Absolutely, quality of shell that you're shooting. Sure. Oh, uh, you still have to do your homework and find what's best for your gun. Yeah, yeah, because you know, it's I, not one shell's best for every gun. We all know that certain shells are more consistent. Yeah, sure, but it's different on a case by case basis. So, um, it's, I guess it's, it's the 28 gauges effectiveness. If, you know, like 12 gauge has so many different uses for 12 gauge. Oh, yeah. Whether it's slugs or steel shot, buckshot, target loads, whatever, range you get. 28 is very effective in either small game, wing shooting, or clay or clays. Yep. Agreeable there. That would Mm -hmm. be the three applications. That's the three best applications there. Um, and we talked about one of the the pros and cons of it. Uh, I I think there's more pros to the 28 gauge than there are cons, mainly based on kind of what you were just saying, Michael. Um, the the weight of the gun itself. Mm-hmm. Um, let's just talk about that because a lot of because we're going to get into some of the different model shotguns that are out that are available right now and in the different price ranges. But they all have one thing in common: they're all very lightweight. Yes, yes, and I would say that you know I tell people this every day. A hunting gun is made to be walked a lot and shot very little, where a target gun is shot more and walked less. Mm-hmm. You want some mass in that gun, weight, to smooth out your swing and to absorb recoil, and that's just physics. Sure. When you're hunting and you're walking around, you want a lighter gun to shoot. The way the 12-gauge has dominated for so long is they they play with the shell. They take the shell and say— 
let's make it an ounce and a quarter. Let's make it an ounce and an eighth. Let's make it an ounce. You know what? Let's make it seven eighths ounce. So when someone buys a 12 gauge, they're looking for the shell that they can find on the shelves for the application they want to shoot, whether it's ducks, clays, or introduce a new shooter to shooting with that 12 gauge gun at a 7 8 ounce load. The way 28 gauge does it is they have a few loads and they lengthen the gun to 32 inches to put some weight to smooth the gun out to shoot targets or big high crossing doves, or they shorten the gun to make it lighter to shoot quail, woodcock, stuff like that. So if you know your application, that's one of the first questions I ask people when they come in the store. What is the goal? Mm-hmm. And when they tell me that goal, I can marry them to the cart, the gauge slash gun. Yeah. Okay. Because going to weight, you know, shooting tube sets, you know, like mm-hmm. in Skeet, you know, a lot of guys will have a 12-gauge base gun, and they're going to have Kohler or Riley tube sets mm-hmm. within the gun. So they're shooting the same weight gun all the time. Um, is uh, You know, just because just in Skeet you shoot all four gauges, it's easier right. to do it that way. Um, and like you said, it's a target gun. The weight, the weight of the gun is kind of – it's not very – it's not exa- exactly relevant to being, you know, a lighter gun. It, it's – being a heavier gun is going to be the important part because you're shooting it a lot more. Sure. I mean, and, and Travis can chime in on this. Everybody's got a, a, a favorite weight of a gun. You, you don't fight the gun, meaning you don't have to pull it to slow it down or push it really hard to get it to move. And it's something different for, for everybody when they do that. Um, so, yeah. What do you think about that, Travis? Yeah, I agree. I always, you know, for any kind of clay shooting, whether it's skeet or sporting, trap, whatever, I like a heavier gun, eight and a half to nine pounds. Mm-hmm. If I'm going hunting, give me a seven and a half pound gun off the shelf or less, right. depending on what kind of hunting we're doing. Absolutely. If we're going to go quail hunting, like you say, where you're going to walk three or four miles and shoot right. 10 shells, I, I like the, the real gun. lightweight gun. Absolutely. And a duck blind, I'm sitting there. The gun, exactly. I'm not holding the gun. And, I, and I'm going to shoot probably because it's steel. I'm going to be shooting, you know. A Magnum lot. loads. Right. But there's some guys who come in the store who are just blown away by the effectiveness of a 28 gauge in a duck blind sure. they're shooting puddle ducks i mean mm-hmm. and just dish oh, yeah. rag dead just oh yeah i mean folding them up yep yeah well in the shell technology i mean we're you know we're living in the golden age of ammo right now and the oh, shell yeah. the shell technology and the choke technology now whether it's tss stuff for turkey i mean look how many guys are just slaying gobblers in the springtime with Four uh, tens and twenty eights and twenties. Yep. You know who's no one's really carrying a twelve gauge anymore. You know mm-hmm. you don't really need. Well, they to. are, but I yeah. mean, not like it used to be. Not like used twelve to. gauge. Yeah. Right. Um, but let's get back into the gun. So, uh, in if in a field gun, if if you're just uh, if you're a rabbit hunter, squirrel hunter, bird hunter, you know, there's a lot of options out there in twenty eight gauge. That kind of mirror, like let's just take Beretta and Benelli, for instance. They've got to be two of the top ones there. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of mirror their twelve and twenty gauge, I guess, siblings in in the in the the, the family of shotguns. They're just in a little bit smaller frame, lighter weight, um, and sometimes people pick these up and they're like, "Oh my gosh, this is it's incredible how light this gun is. This gun's got to kick." But obviously, you know, uh, you get lighter recoil with twenty eight gauge, but um, Going to a lighter gun is even better, especially if you're field hunting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Beretta, Beretta makes actually uh, something called a baby frame, uh, and it's a scaled-down frame that fits, it marries up better 
to a 28-gauge set of barrels. They used to take a 20-gauge frame, and all companies did it, and they just put 20-gauge barrels on a 20-gauge frame. Sure. So you get that sleekness of it. What's cool about a 28-gauge is that there's enough metal and wood to put some nice engraving on it. It looks pretty good, where a 410 looks pretty dainty, mm-hmm. which a 410 engraved nice hunting gun to me belongs on a high-end um, uh, quail hunt on a plantation somewhere or on the other end of the spectrum shooting some rabbits and stuff walking behind some beagles somewhere you yeah. know and the 28 does both of those things even better and more efficiently in my mm-hmm. opinion and if you're a hardcore waterfowler you know benelli came out with the super black eagle three last year and yep 28 three, gauge three inch chamber you know because yeah. now the manufacturers are making some non-toxic loads for duck hunting mm-hmm. So they have and, a shelf life of about 48 hours here when yeah, they show up. <laughs> yeah, when we get them, they don't sit long, that's for sure. Well, yeah, so, I mean, to go back to the shell itself, uh, for the longest time, it was a, just a two and three quarter inch shell until some of the, uh, I think it was either, I guess it was Federal, but before Federal, there was another brand. Fioki, I think. Fioki might have been doing the first three inch, and then um, there was another smaller brand, I think. I can't remember the name of them. Uh, but. Um, now a lot of the guns are coming three inch chambered. Mm-hmm. Of course, where a lot of the older stuff that's already been made, you know, it's obviously they were just two and three quarter inch only. Uh, but that's another uh, great addition is 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 the capability of going three inch versus two and three quarter. Yeah. Um, Benelli, the Ethos, as as well as uh, not the Ethos, which yeah, uh, the, a, is the Ethos twenty eight. Yeah. Uh, the Ultralight. They make an Ultralight model. They make the Super Black Eagle three. You drop down into the Franke, which is part of the Bonelli family, and you can get the over and unders, correct? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Instincts. Uh, instincts, yes. Uh, Beretta has the A400 plus all the 686 Silver Pigeon series. Yeah. Browning does the Satori line in 28 gauge. You also do a BPS pump. Yep. Now, Franke, you, they were probably the first auto loader in 28 gauge, weren't they, in the 48? Yeah. Remember we used to carry those? Yeah, a long store? time ago. Yeah. That was a recoil operated, so it yeah. still had a little pop to it, but, but it was a very light gun, and a lot of the quail hunters liked it. Exactly. Yeah. And that was probably, I guess, uh, I guess it was when they initially came out with those, was it the 60s or the 70s when the 28 was out in that auto? I can't, I don't know for sure on that. I yeah, it could have been later than that, you know, because I know the 20s and the 16s were always popular then. And maybe the 28 came later. Maybe it was in the 80s or something. Yeah, I know uh, I came here in the early 90s, and I want to say they were either out or just came out. Yeah. And if you, if you don't want to be in that price point, there's other companies that make a 28-gauge, whether it be auto or side-by-side or over-under. you got Mossberg, Savage, CZ. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you go single-barrel route for the turkey hunting. Yep. You know, you got other stuff to go as well. But yeah, the CZ Hooglue stuff that's out of Turkey. There's mm-hmm. a lot of great, great Sharp over and unders and side by sides there. Yep. Um, because you know, it's you can't be afraid to go double barrel with this gauge because it's because uh, it's, it's light recoil. It's, it's like the gentleman's gauge. Yeah, right. there you go. Right, and those guns get you into a classic lined gun with a arguably one of the most classic caliber uh, gauges at a decent price. You yeah. don't have to spend two three five and the ceiling is limitless in those 28 gauge side by sides you yeah. can get a nice 800 side by side that'll kill quail kill rabbits chucker you know, anything chucker yeah. and, and look good 
That's, yeah, you look good while you're shooting it, right? You have to look good while you're shooting it. <laughs> yeah, you can take the extra money and buy some tweeds and oh my nice tie. Oh, my gosh. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> well, you know, another thing, too, is it's fast. Because being a lighter gun in the field, you can you can you can pull that gun up. You can swing it fast. You can you can get on your target pretty quick too. Because uh, it's not like a sporting clays or or skeet where you're already you're already prepped. You're already mounted the gun. And everything's ready to go. You can usually do it because most of these autos or or over and unders they're typically what five pound guns. If five that. to six and a half. Yeah. 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 Depending on which model. Yeah, okay. and, and depend. I mean, wood density is it synthetic? Is it wood? Barrel lengths. All that stuff matters. But to your point, you know, when you're hunting, uh, you don't know when the bird's going to get up, even if the dog is pointing it. Right. You don't know if it's going to flush from a tree or get out in front of you. So you're more, I would say, spot shooting, unless you get some big crossing goose yeah. or dove, you know, coming across a field. And clays, Travis and I make a plan. So we know how fast or slow to move the gun. And I think you're at a disadvantage with a heavy gun, unless you're past shooting geese on the eastern shore, you know, when you're hunting. You should have a, a, a gun needs to be dynamic, so it needs to be heavy when it needs to be and light when it needs to be. That's the perfect clay gun, yeah. and the 28-gauge does that perfectly in the field mm-hmm. as far as, you know, payload versus gun weight. Do do y'all go to some shoots that are sporting clay on a sporting clay course, sporting clay shoots that are uh, strictly sub gauge shoots? You mentioned that yep. before. Yeah, they used to have the one. I don't know if they still do. This is that Bull know, Run. Like, yeah, it was a Bull Run, but it was strictly twenty eight gauge. But all of your big shoots that they have other events, they do a twelve gauge sub gauge, which usually is a fifty bird twelve gauge event. They do a 20, a 28, a 410. Then they do a pump and a side-by-side. So whatever you want to play with, you can. But 28-gauge is popular, and now they've even gone to Fee Task, which is an old-school game where you stand in the hula hoop and you got the menu and you have to start low gun. Now they're starting to do sub-gauge Fee Task, which is taken off in big-time popularity. Mm. And they, uh, Rick uh, just did a 28-gauge um at the Gator Cup Super Sporting. Yeah. Which was from the beginning of time a twelve gauge game. Uh and now twenty eight gauge. And, you know, a lot of the I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but a lot of the older shooters enjoy those sub gauges because it's just, you know, they they've worked their whole life, they're they're wearing down, our bodies are only gonna last for so long. So it's easy on their shoulder, it's easy, you know, on them to shoot. They can still enjoy the game. It's not beating them up. It's not. Sometimes people get a flinch, so they go down in a lower gauge to, mm-hmm. to help that, or they see it coming and they move on, so it works. Yeah, and it gives you a chance to go shoot most of the day. I mean, if you had to shoot two or 300 rounds of 12 gauge, you're sore at the end of the day. Oh, yeah. I don't care whether the gun fits you good or not. Yeah. But when you're shooting 150 or 200 rounds of that sub gauge, you don't feel it. I mean, you're not as beat up. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Dove field be good too. It'd be fun in a dove field, right? Yeah, if you need a light line. Yeah, <laughs> a, 30, a thirty-two inch, twenty-eight gauge over and under would be sweet. Oh yeah, if the catch them, catch them thirty yards, <laughs> thirty yards and in, man, just you can smoke them. Yeah, so, that's right. Well, that's a mistake most people make dove hunt anyway. Yeah, they get impatient and take a long, crazy shot. Where if they would have waited, they probably would have had a better shot and a higher success rate. That's right. 
always always sit opposite the field of the guy you know that can't shoot because when he shoots at it, it'll push the bird towards you. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. You kill it when it comes it's to the old you. secret. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you can yell thank you across exactly. the field after you keep dropping them. Right. Thank or you, when Hunter. You, or when you get your lim- <laughs> after you get your limb and go, hey man, why don't you come over here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank, right. thank you, Hunter. <laughs> you need some more shells? Go back to your end of the field. Yeah. Let them switch sides. Let them switch seats with you, and then you can just go across the f- other other side of the field from right, Travis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, so we talked a little bit about um, the ladies shooting too, and you know they they this is a very popular caliber for the ladies because it's light on the recoil. It's uh, you know the, hardly any barrel lift on the gun, whether you're shooting an over and under or an auto. Mm-hmm. Um, Garini's Caesar Garini and uh, Beretta, they seem to have the smaller actions. Is that correct? Whereas I think Brownings are more built on a 20-gauge frame. So the, well, Br- the Browning would yeah. be the, the, like the Satori or the 725 would be the heavier gun in a 28. But you're not talking a, a huge difference no, in weight. No, not a huge difference. Yeah. I, I know I know they separate out the 16-gauge on its own frame yeah. dimensionally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's hard unless you really look at it side by side, take the barrels off and look at it. Yeah. But there was a time when they just slapped 16-gauge barrels on a frame on a 20 gauge frame right you know so yeah well so maybe i'm thinking of rosini rosini used to do a small body a small mm-hmm. body yeah. which was uh built on a true 28 gauge or 410 mm-hmm. frame mm-hmm. okay yeah. that's probably what i'm thinking of. which is what beretta started doing when they got away from the 20 gauge frame 28 gauge barrels yeah they did a baby frame and they did that because they could make it a combo and throw a 410 set of barrels on the same yeah. and yeah. swap it out right and before ammo started catching up that was a way to have a dual purpose gun meaning the gun being the trigger group and the receiver a 28 gauge 20 gauge barrel i used to buy those from your guys before i worked here and and that was you know efficient something else on the ammo end you know when we've been through all this pandemic and beyond with shortages and stuff shortages we've always had a good supply of 28 yeah. Versus 20 or 410. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At the height uh, of, so yeah. So that tells you there the manufacturers mm-hmm. are strong behind it. Yeah. <clears throat> they believe in it. Well, you know, and I think we picked up some new 28-gauge gun owners at the height of when uh, it was hard to get ammo for stuff. Because, you know, everybody knows the 20 was one of the worst things. You, I mean, you couldn't find 20-gauge anywhere. Right. So, you know, the, the, there was an uptick in sales on 28-gauge shotguns. Yeah, across the board, and I think more guys were starting to shoot twenty eight. You know, during dove season, I mean, how many guys walked in here? They wanted to shoot a twenty. They, they couldn't find any ammo, so they bought. They picked up a twenty eight gauge off the shelf and said, "I'm going to shoot a twenty eight gauge this fall." So there you go. It was uh, it worked out good. You know, it's a win win for us. That was a yeah. good sales technique, keeping all the twenty gauge behind the wall. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Sold a lot of twenty eight gauge guns. It was it was it was risky, but it paid off. Right? It did. It did. <laughs> Did till we couldn't walk back there anymore. Now we got right. twenty gauge everywhere. <laughs> well, uh, what else did we did we miss anything on twenty eight gauge? It was a nothing I can think of. Yeah, I mean, overall, if you haven't shot one, I'd recommend it. I mean, just just try it out because it's it's a pleasure to shoot one. You know, yeah, you, just getting it, it's like a and you know it's not like you're a sissy for shooting a twenty eight gauge. I mean, it's it, you know, it, it, Travis said it earlier, a gentleman's gun. You know, it's kind of cool, and and if you're a female, obviously, you know that doesn't apply. But it's it's um, it's classic. It's sweet. It's beautiful. I mean, the frame size matches the. Get, you can get some really heavy 
12 gauges and you can get some really light ones and both of those are wrong for that gun i've never seen an imperfect 28 gauge it's always been done well no matter mm -hmm. what the price point is and when you do it and you know to shoot something with a 20 gauge or a 12 gauge or a 28 gauge dead is dead there's no such thing as deader. You put a good shot on something, or you break a clay, that's it. You cannot say, or now let me revive you and shoot you again. Tell me which one killed you better. You, yeah. It's just, that's you right. got to put a good shot, that's it. Well, that's period. the thing. A short, like, you know, you, you want a short string of pellets to hit your target, whether it's it's flying through the air as a, as a clay bird or, or a live bird or whatever. And it doesn't matter what, kind of what gauge it is. It's all That's all regulated by the choke. But a short string of pellets... Is going to hit hard no matter what gauge it is, right? And, and efficient, yeah. an efficient string, yeah. yeah. What, the, the most efficient part of the pattern, you know, is, is what it's what it's all about. In our game, that Travis and I shoot, a chip is just as good as a dirt ball. I mean, it's an it's an X, it's a hit, right? But when you are We're shooting live game, game it's also also why we yeah. would say get the dog, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> because if it was a live bird, it'd be crippled. We'd have yeah. to retreat. You have to go fight Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We're playing a game with points, you know, but the hunting's the whole different aspect. Right. 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 All right. Well, um, as far as uh, shot sizes go, I mean, it's it's your typical shot sizes in, in twenty eight gauge. Uh, your your with your, your game loads, you're you're pretty typical seeing number sixes, seven yeah, I, and a half, and your high brass. Bring it up earlier. I was, is, do they even make fours anymore? In a you know, I haven't seen I haven't seen any fours. You know, I hadn't either. I know back in the day, fives is about fives. as big as I've seen it. No, we know. used to sell them a lot in Remington yep. to the rabbit hunters. Yep. Now you might. I don't know if we'll see anything. I doubt you'll even see a larger shot size than a five, even in like a TSS or a, or a federal prairie storm. Or somebody yeah. going for pheasant hunting out west. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Unless it, unless this, you know, if this pace keeps going the way it is, and and waterfowlers pick up on it more, you may see a, a like a like a, a bismuth four or like a tungsten four or something. Yeah, like the that. problem is you can't go but so big because then you have no capacity. Right, and I think that's. That's, that, that's that's probably why, you know for people wondering why they don't make a two or a BB. Yeah, or, there's the threshold is right there. Yeah, you know you're know giving I mean? up a lot just to get an extra you know larger pellets in there. Exactly. So yeah, and so what's the point in going larger if it's just if past thirty yards you're really not doing anything anyway, right? I mean, I guess I guess it it all balances out, you know. Mm -hmm. I think it'd be cool flooded timber wood duck hunting with a twenty eight gauge. Hell yeah, man! You know yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. They're usually pretty not too far away and fast action that, mm -hmm. that'd be an ideal thing i think for the early duck season yeah. absolutely yeah you gotta be fast hmm. um but i guess going back to it just a lot of people said that the 28 gauge was just it was a lot better than it was supposed to be i mean i i guess there's some truth in that i mean there's yeah i think that um you know, people used to hunt more than they do now, but I think it is starting to turn a little bit. I see more people get out and hunt and stuff. So there's an yeah. argument that skeet shooters kept the 28 gauge alive. Right. Um, yeah. And there that's was a true. time when, you know, a long time ago when that's what Travis and I lived for shooting skeet and 28 gauge, we were looking for it. We were trying to load it. We couldn't wait to shoot it. It was all the things that Travis said we were doing. Um, land is just harder to find to hunt on things like that but the 28 gauge stayed and people started saying i want to come out and shoot a little bit and then they shoot it and then they get an opportunity to get a dog or to go hunt or yeah. do whatever and they realize how beautiful that cartridge is and i think if skeet was not as popular in the u.s as it has been in the past 
we wouldn't be having this conversation today. It yeah. would kind of go the yeah. wayside of the 16 gauge, but certain things have a way of coming around. You guys have been doing this forever, you know, and you see the 16 gauge and then everybody wants one, then they don't. Now everybody's looking, man, Travis, get that gun in for us. Where's that 16 gauge? Where's that yeah. 85, 16 gauge? Yeah. Everybody wants that gun. It's kind of made a comeback. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's funny it's, how history repeats itself. It's right. Way. Yeah. I mean, it's good to see Browning doing the A5 Sweet 16s again, not just yeah. in the wood, but they're doing the camos now and they're doing the, the whole line. Oh, yeah. And they're, Wicked they're sharp. Wing. Wicked Wings, all of them. They're sharp. But yeah, I mean, you know, that we talked about it even at the old store, Travis, that, you know, we always felt like when Skeet was dying, so was 28 gauge. It was just, mm-hmm. it was kind of dying out. But then you saw that resurgence of 410. And I think, man, 410 just brought 28 right along. And now I think I feel like 28 is just, just moving ahead of it, you know, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, from from a hunting perspective and just target shooting in general. Because it's good to see the sporting clay community is is is, I guess, incorporating a lot of the more more the uh, shoots in with sub gauges and things like right. that. You know, oh, yeah. Yeah. But so, well, um, I think that covers everything, man. Thanks. Uh, thanks for doing this today, guys. Absolutely. Do, do Absolutely. We, do you miss anything? Did we miss anything, Travis? You good? No, we've covered everything I had. Well, um, there's your 28 gauge history lesson. Yeah, as good on. as it could have been. Come on down and see us, and we will fit you up with one. Yeah, right. We, uh, plenty of guns in stock and a lot of ammo in stock right now, and uh, there's still plenty of turkey loads too. If you want to get one for turkey hunting, a lot of guys having success with it. Not just 410, but 28 gauge as well. Absolutely. And dove season be here in four months. That's right. Plenty of time mm-hmm. to get that gun ready. <laughs> Absolutely. Get yeah. out and get some practice. That's right. Shoot some clays and don't embarrass yourself on opening day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, good luck to you guys. I know y'all got some shoots coming up soon. Yep. Uh, thanks for sitting down and doing this one today. Awesome. Yeah, Enjoy it. Thanks for listening to the Green Top Outdoors podcast. Hunting, fishing, and all things outdoors. It's not just a hobby. It's a lifestyle. Like and subscribe to the Green Top Outdoors podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and learn more about Green Top at greentophuntfish.com.